Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Whatcom County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson. Welcome to it. It is episode eight of the Cover Three podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. Yours truly, Doug Lang, with you, along with Jeff Bearden and Tyler Anderson from WatcomPreps.com. We join you each and every Thursday during the prep football season, bring you up to speed on all things Whatcom County High School football. And boy, oh boy, believe it or not, we're getting towards the end of the regular season for most of the teams playing their final regular season game coming up on Friday. And then it's just a matter of whether they're playing in the crossover, who they're going to play. We'll dive into that in just a moment. We'll also talk a a little bit and talk to Ted Flint, the head coach for the Bellingham Red Raiders. He just happens to be your Seattle Seahawks uh, high school coach of the week. Not too shabby for uh, the coach as he and uh, the Red Raiders have uh, put together five straight victories and they'll be playing uh, with a shot at the uh, championship, the first ever in the Lake Division of the 2A in the Northwest Conference. We'll also get to our three questions. We'll make sure to make our picks for the weekend between the Seahawks, the Dogs, and the Cougars. And we'll hear from all of the coaches as we get you ready for Week 8, including our game of the week, as we'll be in Deming on Friday. Look for us at the top of the roof, as we will feature a great one, Meridian taking on Mount Baker, 6.45 with the pregame show, a 7 o'clock kickoff. You can hear it all at www.onthedln.com. All right, lots to get to, so let's get things underway with our opening kickoff. Time for the Cover 3 podcast opening kickoff. Let's begin with a quick look back at some of the Week 7 games. We'll start with our game, and it was just a real offensive showdown. 822 yards of total offense between Meridian and Nooksack Valley, 40-27. to 27. And Tyler, it looked like one of those type of games where Nooksack Valley just ran out of time. I mean, they they could score. They were just having trouble stopping Meridian, and that touchdown that uh, Nooksack Valley gave up to the Trojans right before halftime loomed very large in that contest. But it was one of those games, I think, you know, if they said, well, let's just play a fifth quarter, it just would have continued being uh, it just uh, kind of like, almost like a pinball machine of points going up, up, and up. Yeah, uh Austin O'Brien at quarterback, you, you know, he's he can do a little bit of everything, and he proved it. I mean, he, he threw some deep passes that were very accurate. He rattled off a lot of yards on the ground. And um, and you're right, Nooksack Valley can put up points for sure. And Meridian just kept answering. And Meridian, when they got the ball late, they just they just held on to it. Yep, 
Uh, also, Adam Kruzich returning for Meridian. That is big. We'll dive a little bit more into that as we preview our game of the week. How about the Blaine Borderites? They get their first victory in quite some time. Uh, Blaine just smashes Cedarcrest 49-8. Alex Mercado 139 yards and four touchdowns in the victory. And the Blaine Borderites, they're a team, Jeff. We saw them earlier in the year, and they have struggled. Uh, Coach Jay Dodd will, will admit that, but they had a kind of meeting of the minds with the team following a lopsided loss to Mount Lake Terrace on the road, and they got the bounce back that they needed last week. Yeah, you know, we've seen glimpses of, of good things out of Blaine here and there throughout the season, and they just haven't been able to put it together for a full game. And this last week they did, they finally got the, the offense going, the defense made stops and, and they've been, they needed this, you know, just to get the program going again in the right direction again. Uh, it's a good win for them. Yeah, huge win, and, and it sets them up to still be obviously eligible to move on and play in Week 9. Uh, they face, as Coach Dodd called it, a must-win game coming up this Friday. Squalicum, 42-10 to over Stanwood. Fourth straight win for the Storm, and they're just rounding into shape. I mean, this is this is what Coach Nick Lucy told us, Tyler, when we were there seeing him during uh, the preseason when they were practicing in the gym because of all the smoke where he's like, we want to play good defense, we want to play tough on special teams, and we want to run the ball and, and run downhill. Well, how about Devontae Powell? How about uh, his performance? 230 yards, three touchdowns. That's running downhill. Yeah, and he's you know you look at him and you think, oh, he looks like a pretty good receiver. But, uh, you know, he doesn't have that classic running back build. And he's played a lot of receiver over the last few years, and he's played well. But, uh, boy, he really did really – and he did took a lot of snap, like direct snaps and did some different things. And it's just another weapon that they have. And you're right, they're facing Oak Harbor now probably at the right time for them. Yeah, they'll play, uh, obviously, for the championship of the West Go 3A North with that road game against Oak Harbor. Here is Squalica head coach Nick Lucy talking about Powell's performance. Once again, the junior, 230. 30 yards, three touchdowns, much to the coach's delight. Yeah, it was a bit of a revelation. We put him outside, uh, you know, earlier in the year, thinking, hey, he's a guy who played receiver for us last year, allows us to get all our guys on the field. and um, He's just a little different when you hand the ball off to him and kind of really hit stride, you know, figuratively and literally. literally and uh, was uh, he, he's, a, he's a physical presence running the ball and, a bit of a slasher, and boy, when he gets going, it only takes a couple strides for him to get 10 yards. Yeah, he got a lot more than 10 yards. In <laughs> fact, he averaged 10 yards per carry in that contest. And then final one to mention here, how about Ferndale doubling up Marysville Pilchuck, 42-21, five touchdowns combined for Brian Eby and Gator Fox. Um, much like Blaine, a team that has showed flashes, has looked good, has been competitive in certain games, but hasn't been able to put together a full four quarters. They do it here. And, yeah, it's some long odds, and they've got to have some certain things work out right, but it kept their season alive, a much-needed victory for Jamie Plankovich and company. Yeah, that was a, a really big win for the Golden Eagles. And, you know, again, it's like you said, they've shown it here and there and just haven't been able to sustain it for an entire game for a lot of the season. But this last week they did – They've got a shot. Yep. They can still make the playoffs. You know, I think Arlington has to beat Marysville beat Pilchuck. Marysville yep. Pilchuck and yep. Ferndale has to win their game. 
it's doable. It's very doable, and you know, I'm sure Plankovic is going to have those guys ready to go. Absolutely. Uh, that was about the most numbers that I can usually handle in my head. So now, with our new, uh, you know, warm up music for it, there it is. It's time to dive into the numbers with Tyler. It is time for stats. What do you got for us? Well, there's a couple things, especially with the season ending. There's a lot of players that are ending. I want, I, I want this in the background the whole time. Oh. What do you think? Let's just see how long it lasts. Yeah, go ahead. All go right. Ahead. Sorry. That's okay. Um, there's a lot of players' careers numbers that are getting you know up there. Uh-huh. And so, um, and there's different records that could be broken. Jacob Kaepernick's having a great year as a Seahome quarterback, and he's at 1,684 yards. That's less than 100 yards away from the Seahome record for a school record for passing yards in a season. He's also tied Kai Hatch with 18 touchdown passes no. for a season. So he's looking to break both those records, both held by Kai Hatch from 2006. And um, and Kai's got to be pretty happy because Kaepernick's a pretty good baseball player too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dawson Logan has rattled off a couple huge games running the ball. And last week uh, he, he passed Kenny Shockey as the all-time leading rusher for a season for a quarterback at Meridian. Kenny Shockey held that record for 41 years. Whew. So he's up to 767 yards. Um, and no, I was not calling any of Kenny Shockey's games. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and a couple of players, Chase Absher has 93 receptions in, in his career, and Spencer Lee has 92. A couple of players that the offense has changed a little bit this year, so they're not getting as many targets. But both of them are really close to catching that 100th pass. Only 18 players in Whatcom County history have done so. Wow. Uh, that is a look at your stats. Uh, moving on, um, I... I I want to make sure that everybody realizes that right now, almost everybody is a lock to play some kind of game coming up here in week number nine, and a ton of teams have qualified for the postseason. Now, if you want kind of a deeper dive into it, um, Ted House has written kind of a breakdown, uh, the first look at the Northwest Conference postseason possibilities. It's up at nwcathletics.com. Do go and check it out. And also Eric Trent from the Linden Tribune wrote a nice uh, piece uh, on just where we're at here at this point, heading into week number eight as far as what may possibly happen in week number nine and the postseason moving forward let's just rattle off a couple of them that we know are, are, are straightforward and really simple linden they they've won the sky division of the 2a northwest conference they are locked in to the postseason and they get the ever rare buy uh, I, I can't remember a time where oh, a team's got a buy uh, but they can get healthy before they'll have to play somebody in week number 10 they'll wrap up against vancouver college and if you had told me tyler when we looked at their schedule especially at the start of the year those first three four games with archbishop murphy in there mount baker that they'd be undefeated a real tip of the hat to blake van dalen and his troops yeah he wanted to get them ready in the locker or in the yeah get them in the weight room i'm sorry over the summer because he knew those first four games and really the whole schedule was going to be tough and uh it all worked out he's pushing the right buttons they're not blowing teams out necessarily right i mean last week's win was pretty big but they are winning the games and um you know, seven and zero. Oh, they're they're looking great. In the three A ranks, Squalicum has locked themselves into the postseason. They can win the Wesco three A North with a victory over Oak Harbor. They'll play on the road on Friday. Uh, they will play against the if they're the number one, the number four in the South when they cross over. Um, and and obviously, then you try and move over. So everybody that will advance with the top four 
will play in the crossover games coming up in week number nine. Ferndale also in that 3A mix. Jeff, you mentioned it here. They do have that opportunity. They've got to have a few things happen just right, but more importantly, they've got to take care of business when their game coming up here on Friday and then hope Arlington can take care of business against Marysville Pilchuck, a team that we've seen that has been very up and down all season long. Yeah, I mean, it, Ferndale's been up and down, and it, it, but if they if last weekend's any indication they've got things turned around right now we saw arlington play because yeah. they need arlington yeah. to win arlington they can throw the football got a their great quarterback, quarterback. Yep. if he's healthy they got a shot at knocking off marysville pilchuck and i like arlington i thought they were a pretty pretty uh, well-rounded team i think ferndale they they can't worry about the other stuff they've just got to go out there and win their game they've got to knock off a stanwood team who they should beat right you know if everything goes got to like do it should, on the road they, yep. they got to go on the road but they're they're good enough to beat stanwood and i wouldn't be surprised to see ferndale end up in there single a classification two teams are already locked into the postseason those are the two teams that we'll have on friday battling it out for the top spot right now in the 1a ranks of the northwest conference that is mount baker and meridian all four teams already have week nine games scheduled as they continue play within the conference uh linden christian can secure a spot with a victory in their final two games. Nooksack Valley would have to win both games, but right now, mathematically, they'd have to do it by a huge lopsided number because if they're tied up, it would come down to point differential and they trail greatly. Yeah, Nooksack Valley would have... <laughs> I mean, I don't know the numbers. It's a lot. They'd have to beat them uh, at least by or more than 50 each game. I, think. I, I believe that you'd have to, it's between LC and Nooksack because Linden Christian, their defense has only allowed 79 points a season. This is from Eric Trent from the Linden Tribune. Uh, Nooksack has given up 188. So even if the Lynx surrendered 108 points total in their next two games and Nooksack shut out both of its opponents, the Pioneers would still not make the postseason. Yeah. And <laughs> those are some I, long odds. Yeah, very much. I just don't see that happening, but, uh, it's just a it's it's tough because all four teams are such great teams. Yep, and um, and they are that close, even though the records wouldn't yeah, say it right exactly. now. Exactly, and Nooksack Valley, you know, it's it's really they're the team that suffered the most injuries. You might look at it yeah, that way. Absolutely, so it's it's a tough one. In the two A uh, in the lake. Now this is where it gets a little more interesting because obviously there's a, a lot of movement and whatnot. And I'm gonna just go to what Ted House has written here. I mentioned it earlier. NWCAthletics.com. Um. We mentioned Linden will be set. The four spots in the sky will be settled Friday. Cedro Woolley playing at Archbishop Murphy. Burlington going to Lakewood. So those will set up the four spots. Archbishop Murphy can clinch second place with a win over Cedro Woolley. The Cubs can grab second place with a win over the Wildcats combined with a Lakewood win over the Tigers. I don't even want to get into the scenarios with ties and all that. That's for somebody else uh, to figure out. In the Lake Division... Your RPI leader, Bellingham, takes on number four RPI, Seahome, Mount Lake Terrace. The current number two finishes at Cedar Crest. Liberty's in the mix. They're five and two overall, three and one uh, of the Kinko League. And the number three RPI, they'll end their regular season at 3A Mercer Island. Seven of the eight teams in the RPI standings will play in week nine games. So then it's a matter of who is that other team, and that would be out of your mix of the teams towards the bottom of the sky with Burlington, Cedar Woolley, and Lakewood. Does that make sense? 
Total sense. <laughs> Total sense. <laughs> Nonetheless, it, it, really what it means right now is is that every team has something to play for here in week number eight, and even if those sh- those odds are really long, it, it, it gives you motivation for exciting games down the stretch, which quite often in a week seven, eight, nine hasn't been the case in previous years with all of the different divisions and makeups. It, it's kind of like adding the wild card to baseball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every team is excited. You know, you got coaches that are excited. You got players excited. You got parents that are excited. I'm all excited. It's a, it, it, it make I mean, meaning meaningful football near the end just makes for better football. It makes it greater for everything. Absolutely. Uh, once again, you want a, a deeper dive into all of that, check out the article written by Eric Trent from the Linden Tribune and also what Ted House has written at nwcathletics.com. Finally, congrats going out to Bellingham head coach Ted Flint. The leader of the Red Raiders was named Coach of the Week by the Seahawks and the Washington State Football Coaches Association after picking up a 17-7 road win over Mount Lake Terrace last Friday. I got a chance to talk to the coach Wednesday at practice, and it sounded a whole lot like this. Coach, how did you find out about it, and, and, and what's it like to get an award like that? Uh, well, uh, the coach, former coach at Quincy, who's uh, um, high up in the coach association, gave me a, a phone call, so um, that's how I found out about it. What's it? What does it mean? Obviously, uh, it's a $500 donation towards the program. There's a certificate coming from Pete Carroll. But what does it mean to, to you, your players, your assistant coaches as well? Well, I mean, it means it means that the team played hard and played well and, and won an important game, and the, and the coaches did a good job planning to help win the game. So it's a you know it's a, all the coaches, all the players award just winning a big game that was important. Coach, your players it gave you a big round of applause here as you guys kind of broke things down here at the end of practice. What was their reaction to Coach getting honored the way you were? That that's the first time I've seen their reaction. <laughs> so you saw it, <laughs> yeah. What what has been the difference here? Because obviously it's not just one game; it's it's five straight victories here for your team. What has been the difference, obviously, in, in turning things around here from a slow start for you guys? Well, they, I mean, we didn't have all our pieces at the start of the year, and and about game three or four, we got all the pieces that we need, and and um, and the kids just keep working hard and keep trying to get better, and we just try to get better every day, and that's that's what's been going on. You also mentioned to me earlier in the in the season that you guys kind of found your identity that running that football something that you say you're very comfortable with and and that seems to be paying dividends. What has that been like here, kind of directing it in that in that direction? Yeah, I've, I've been pleased that that they've all bought into that. I mean, I understand that the offensive line and and the running backs that we have are a strength of our team, and uh, so everybody's bought in and working hard to get better at running the ball. Yeah. What is this week like? Obviously a huge game upcoming against Seahome. What has practice been like as you guys gear up for the game? Yeah, it's been good. I just told them they, they had a pretty good practice, and we got a little chippy with each other at the end there, uh, so we need to work on that. But overall, it's been good. They've been working hard and getting ready. Coach, you you coached at Seahome High School. You now coach at Bellingham. It's been a long time. that There's always a great rivalry between the Red Raiders and the Mariners, but it's been a long time where there's been more meaning than just the rivalry. How nice is it to see that city rivalry now carry a little bit more weight? Well, it's it's good to see that all three schools are doing well. I mean, Squawkham's doing well in their in their division, and and both of us are doing well in ours. So, you know, we're playing Seahome for a for a division championship, obviously. So it's uh, it's been a long time since all three schools in the city have been at, at that point. So. I got to ask about the award one more time here too. Uh, that certificate, will it go in an office? What uh, I mean, that it's it's kind of a cool thing there coming from uh, Pete Carroll. 
Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I'll probably hang it in, in my office at home, maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biggest yeah. key uh, against the Sea Home Mariners for the game upcoming? It's always the same key. I mean, we've, we've got to make sure we block well and, and tackle well. I mean, they've got so much speed that if, if we miss a tackle, they could they could just score in one play. And so we've got to make sure we do a good job with our responsibilities and tackle well, and then we've got to block them well up front. Coach, we wish you the best of luck. Right, thank you. And there you have it. That is Ted House, head coach, or mark that. I knew I was going to do it. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. That is Ted Flint, the head coach for the Bellingham Red Raiders. He just happens to be the Seattle Seahawks coach of the week. Uh, that given out by the Seahawks and the Washington State Football Coaches Association. They give it out to two coaches each and every week. It comes along with a $500 donation to the football program and the uh, signed certificate from Pete Carroll. It should come with like some gum, some of that really hard-chewed gum by Pete Carroll. Because... Uh, he, by the way, for people that don't know and haven't been at the uh, at Seahawk headquarters, the VMAC, uh, and even at the old one, uh, there is gum everywhere. There's gum in the can. Like you go and use the bathroom, and there's like just giant vats of Wrigley's everywhere. So, needless to say, when I cover the draft, I also come away with like you know, I don't know, like a pound and a half of uh, hubba bubba before I get home. I was gonna say they ought to give you some of those Nike Monarchs, the white Nike yes. Monarchs. Yes, you know that yeah. Coach Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see Coach Flint getting some monarchs. You know, yeah. maybe some signed monarchs that you could have in the office. There you go. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, well, there you have it. That is our opening kickoff here on the Cover Three podcast. Do up next. We'll preview the Week Eight matchups and hear from the coaches when the Cover Three podcast continues right here on the Doug Lag Network. The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's Meridian at Mount Baker, Friday, October 19th. Coverage begins at 6.45 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Cover 3 podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network online at www.onthedln.com or you can catch us on Apple iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or via the TuneIn app. However you are listening, we thank you so very much. New podcasts come out each and every Thursday. They drop at 8 p.m. Uh, although, uh, let's give you a, an early heads up. Next week with Thursday games, next week's podcast will be on Wednesday, a hump day podcast for week number nine with at least four teams as of right now playing on Thursday. Don't know if any more will be added to it, but it seemed a little bit goofy for us to be talking football while four teams would be playing at exactly the same time. All right, let's jump into a week eight matchups as there are plenty of teams and games to talk about. Let's start with Lummy, the Lummy Blackhawks. They will take on Nazel. That one, 5 o'clock on the road on Friday. Lummy Nation, they avenged an earlier loss by thumping Nia Bay 42-8 last week. Now they'll look to beat the only other squad that has beat them in the Nazel Comets. 
who beat the Blackhawks rather soundly 46-12 back on September 28th. Nazel 6-1 on the year. Lummy is 4-2. The Comets ranked 4th in the 1B classification. They've won 5 straight since losing their opener to number 1 Odessa. Lummy coach Jim Sandusky says they can't have another seven turnover performance like the first matchup, but they need to be aggressive. Attack on offense, their blocks, and sustain them. We're going to open up holes in our run game, and that's going to help uh, you know, with our passing game. So those are things that we did not do when we played them here earlier. And, uh, you know, we didn't play their, their screens very well. They scored on a couple screen plays that uh, we were just out of position. You know, I think our defensive game plan uh, on my end wasn't as solid as it should have been. Uh, so I feel really good about what we're going to do this week. Guys feel good about it. They believe in it. Coach uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago they really had a uh, come-to-you-know-what type of meeting about physicality, and he had to make some changes with uh, who was going to start. It looks like it's paid off with a couple of big victories. This will really be the test against a very good Nazel squad. Yeah, and I guarantee you, knowing Coach Sandusky, Nazel's not going to see the same effort or team that they faced the first time. It just won't happen. They will Sandusky will have those a whole new play uh, playbook for yep. this game, and so I like the fact that he kind of took some of it upon himself. He said, did. "You know what? Hey, I, I maybe defensively I could have done something a little bit differently." He is a mastermind when it comes to designing plays. If you've ever seen yep. them, I, I can't make heads or tails of it. Plus, I'm doing it with three less guys out there. Good luck. Yeah, he, Coach Sandusky's amazing. Just to watch him and. In eight-man football, it's amazing to watch as it is. Right. And to see what he can do, the different plays and formations and all that, he's got this thing turned around really quick in a couple weeks, and it should be a really good game. Yeah, Coach pointed to improved play by Isaiah Jefferson on defense as a big key to the team turnaround the last couple of weeks. We wish the Blackhawks best of luck. Road game, 5 o'clock against Nazel on Friday. Moving on. Squalica, six and one, four and one at Oak Harbor, six and one, four and one. They are hitting the road, looking to win the Wesco 3A North Crown. The Storm visiting Oak Harbor after beating up on Stanwood 42 to 10 last week. Squalicum has won four straight. And how about the defense? We talk about their offense and running downhill. How about that defense? They've given up just a total of 31 points over that four-game winning streak. Yeah, their defense is big. Their linebacker, I love their linebacking crew. You know, Brandon Powers, Colin McEckern, Ben Schlenbaker, Zach Tucker, and then, you know, then uh, uh, Spencer Lloyd will come in and play right. linebacker, who's fantastic as well. And so it's just, uh, you know, and they're big up front, you know, with Dominic Mack and Brandon Gimsey and Jackson Campbell. I mean, they just have so many guys that can fill the gaps. They're great at tackling. And, um, yeah, the defense. And Oak Harbor is going to try to just pound the ball. Right. And so Wear I think out that clock. I think it's a great matchup, and I, I, I'm really rooting for Squalcom in this one. Oak Harbor's lone loss came two weeks ago versus Arlington. The Wildcats fell 48-42 in an overtime affair. So what are the keys for Friday's big road game, according to Storm coach Nick Lucy? Got to go play our game defensively, be really uh, assignment sound, be really good with our eyes, their misdirection, and, uh, the one difference they have is they're fast. So, you know, that ball will get outside on you, get up on you uh, in the middle really quickly if you're not doing your job. So I think it's going to come down to that. And, uh, you know, from a 
other standpoint, I think turnovers are going to be really big. I think that'll be a huge thing, like you're talking about them controlling the clock and possessions, and if we can steal a few possessions that way, that'll be really big. The winner wins the Wesco 3A North Championship and will play the South number 4 coming up in week number 9. How about the city rivalry between Seaholm and Bellingham? It steps up a notch in Week 8 with both teams in a three-way tie with Mount Lake Terrace for first place in the Lake Division of the 2A Northwest Conference. Actually, right now, Bellingham is sitting out in front. There's the possibility of it being that three-way tie. Seaholm, 4-3, and 3-1 three, three and one in conference play. Bellingham's 5-2, and 4-0 and oh in conference play. Bellingham can win it outright with a victory due to their 17-7 win over Terrace last week. Seaholm looking for a win and a Terrace loss to Cedarcrest. Mariners, they're coming off of a four-touchdown performance by quarterback Jacob Kaepernick in their 49-14 pounding of Anacortes. Kaepernick, at the start of the year, there was question marks. Is he going to be the starter? There are no question marks any longer. Yeah, it was kind of between him, you know, the sophomore gunslinger, and then uh, Austin Roberts was kind of more of that run-pass option guy, or Christian Knutson, who was the senior, kind of waiting his turn. And uh, and, they're, and they're using all three of them on the field because Knutson's right. been the, the H-back the last few games. Austin Roberts is leading the county in receiving. So... Kaepernick is definitely the guy. They're rallying around him, just a sophomore, but he commands a lot of respect in that huddle. The Mariners, as we mentioned, we mentioned that big victory, but Mariners coach Kevin Beeson, he played for Seaholm and remembers the rivalry with the Red Raiders rather fondly. It still touches us with very strong emotions and some memories. And I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll talk to any alumni from uh, years past, and and they always have, they always bring up memories of this of this game. You know, it, 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 still, it still means something. Uh, the scores are still implanted in our brains, and, uh, you know, good plays are still there. And uh, it, it, the players on both sides, coaches on both sides, really want this game. So it means a lot to us, our program. And I think it's just a little snapshot of where both programs are headed in the future. And, uh, you know, it's the countdown is on. On the other side, we heard from Bellingham head coach Ted Flint. He coached Seaholm in the past. He has said he's happy to see all three of the city schools doing so well this year. He says they're focusing on stopping the Mariners' dual threat possibilities. Well, they, they run the ball well and they throw the ball well. I mean, they so... Uh, we've got to be, you know, really disciplined on our defense to stop their their power running game along with their their throws. I mean, they've got a set of really good wide receivers, and they've got a really good running back, and and their quarterback puts the ball right where it's supposed to be. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a tough job stopping them. We've just got to make sure we're in the right spot and tackle well. Last year, Bellingham beat Seahome 39-20. Jeff, no matter where you're rooting, because Bellingham is the largest city here in Whatcom County, it is always great when the city rivalry game uh, squares off. I scheduled this one forever, year after year on the radio, and quite often over the last dozen years, it hasn't been a great game. This looks to be a very, very good game for two programs that were at the bottom and have risen up. Yeah, this is great for the city of Bellingham and and football in Whatcom County because, I mean, growing up as a kid, when Bellingham and Seaholm played, it it was a war. And everybody showed up for that game, and Civic Field would be packed. Like you said, the last 15 years, it's it's been non-existent. It's been non-existent. I mean, the fans haven't been there. There's no rivalry. The game doesn't mean much. 
for the first time in a long time, it means a lot. And hopefully a lot of people show up and are there for the game tomorrow. Should be a good one. 7 o'clock at Civic Stadium. Moving on, Ferndale wraps up the regular season on the road visiting Stanwood. Golden Eagles kept their postseason hopes alive with a 42-21 home victory over Marysville Pilchuck last Friday. Ferndale's 2-5, 2-3 in the Wesco 3A North. Stanwood's 1-6, 0-5 in conference play. Ferndale needs a win and will be doing some scoreboard watching as well. They need Arlington to beat Marysville Pilchuck to move into the fourth spot in the Wesco 3A North. Stanwood's only victory was uh, over a 4-3 and three Shorecrest squad just a couple of weeks ago. On paper, it looks promising for Ferndale, but Coach Jamie Plankovich says his team can't get caught up in that kind of thinking. I just told our guys we're in no position to look at someone else and say that they don't have a good record and they must not be very good because we just showed last week that uh, we were 1-5 going into a game and we beat a team that was 5-1. I think it's um, it, it really shows you how close and, and how much parity there is in our league. Um, so uh, certainly if we go into this game thinking we just need to show up and we're going to get a win and have success, that's not, not going to be the case. We will wait and see. While coaches can't say it, I can say it, that it sets up well. We, we talked about it earlier. We've seen Arlington. Uh, Ferndale should be able to beat a Stanwood squad that struggled. I'm not trying to you know counteract what the coaches said, but right now this looks like boy, how big that win was last week to still keep them alive and an opportunity as long as those odds are to try and move forward in the postseason. Yeah, football is a, can be a game of momentum and even from play to play, but also week to week. And, you know, they got momentum last week on the opening kickoff. They returned yeah. that for a touchdown and... Yeah. yeah, they Brossel, gave right. Yeah, yeah, it was Jacob Brosell, and and they they gave up some yards. They gave up a kick return for a touchdown on the first quarter as well. It was back and forth, but Ferndale kept that momentum, and if they can keep it through this week, they should you know they should be, do pretty well against Stanwood. Moving on, Linden Christian five and two, two and two in conference play visits Nooksack Valley three and four, zero oh and four. Both looking to break losing streaks when the two squads meet up at the home of the Pioneers. LC coming off of a slugfest 20-13 loss to Mount Baker. They've lost two in a row after winning their first five games. Nooksack has lost four straight after falling 40-27 to last Friday in Laurel. Pioneers head coach Rob Meyer knows the odds at the postseason are awfully long, but he says he's got a team with the right mentality heading into Friday's tilt. Well, I think they still believe that uh, they can win both of those football games and give us a chance to force a, a playoff to get into the playoffs. And so that is our mentality. I think the kids have bought in. I don't think anybody is packing their tents up yet and getting ready for basketball. Uh, and so that excites me about it. And they're a fun group to be out here with until so our coaching staff is still the same exact way. They've got a challenge before them, and, and uh, we've got a challenge before us, and I think uh, we're going to do our best to answer that challenge. Tyler, maybe it's because we were there uh, for that Meridian Nooksack game in Laurel. It just felt like Nooksack was right there on the verge and it f- to, to, to get over the hump. Very tough to do against Meridian, to, to win on the road. But it feels like that each and every week during conference play where they're right there and they just, too many turnovers have, have bitten them this season. Yeah, I mean, especially when they played the first round of games, they were turning the ball over five times a game. And it's just, it's so hard against really good teams. It doesn't matter if you're home, road, whatever, and against really good coaches, too. And, uh, you know, you're right. The Pioneers, they just have so many weapons. It's just, 
I, you know, you expect wins here and there, and it just hasn't been the case the last few weeks. On the other side, Lynx head coach Dan Kamick says they have to focus on stopping Nooksack's potent offensive attack. Their quarterback really is the key to it, and then they've got some really quick receivers. So this is a big challenge for us, certainly equal the challenge that Baker is, but in a totally different way. And so it really kind of tests you as a complete defense as to, you know, how you're going to be. So we got great respect for what they do offensively. Uh, defensively, they're a challenge for us, too. And we know we're going to get a great, great effort from them on Friday night. We just got to do what we do. And hopefully at the end of it, we have a few more points than they do. Kamek also said earlier this week he was hopeful that both quarterbacks, Bryce Bauman and Trajan Scouten, would be available this week. Scouten has been out the last couple of games with an injury on his throwing uh, shoulder. Uh, they'll pick a starter. Maybe they already have at this point with the other ready to jump in during the game. Not a bad problem to be presented with with two very quality uh, quarterbacks. Last games for both of these squads, Lyndon Christian, or mark that, the last game between these two squads back in the 28th, LC beat Nooksack Valley 38-19. to Moving on. Blaine at Anacortes. Blaine 3-4, and 1-3 and three in conference. Anacortes 0-7, and 0-4. Blaine looking to build on their 49-8 thrashing of Cedar Crest last week. Big difference. A full team meeting following the loss to Mount Lake Terrace where coaches and players talked about how to turn it around, including adding more physicality and contact during practice. It also helped to get Derek Machula back from injury. Five catches, 49 yards, and an interception return for a touchdown. Yeah, he is... You know, he, he's a difference maker out there, and he does a lot of different things. Returning kicks, playing wide receiver, free safety. He's just been amazing. Three interceptions on the year. And the whole defense stepped up. They, they intercepted five passes in that game. Coming into the game, they had five interceptions on the whole season. They just doubled it to ten, and they, they looked great. Anacorda still looking for their first win. The Seahawks, they're having a tough time. They're averaging just six points per game, offensively giving up almost 35 each time out. Blaine coach Jay Dodd says the team has plenty of motivation. This is a must win for them to set themselves up for week nine. Whatever that is and who we play and where we play, uh, there's too many math equations to figure that out. But I, all I do know is that we need to win on Friday uh, and we need to practice like that and play like that on Friday night. And just basically uh, keep things, you know, uh, whatever we fix between Mount Lake Terrace and Cedar Crest, uh, we need to do, you know, keep that up and, and, and play like that at seven o'clock. So uh, they're, you know, in a course is a, is a team that doesn't quit. Uh, they're going to keep trying and keep going. So uh, we need to match that enthusiasm and intensity at 7 o'clock. Last year, Anacortes beat Blaine 36-30. to And number four, Linden, your highest-ranked team in Whatcom County in the AP poll. Undefeated on the year, 7-0, 5-0 in conference play. They will host, as opposed to what I've written here, Vancouver College, who is also undefeated on the season at 7 o'clock. Linden wrapping up the regular season. Lions beat Cedro Woolley 55-21 last week to win the championship of the Sky Division in the Northwest Conference 2A. The victory earns Linden a rare bye. They'll have week 9 off before starting the playoffs in week number 10. Now, we mentioned this earlier, uh, buys just don't happen. Uh, you know, yeah, Archbishop Murphy's had some weird scheduling things where uh, they didn't really have a buy or they just didn't have a game scheduled or one got canceled. I don't remember a situation like this. And while it's great and you can get healthy, it can also set you up for a little bit of a trap heading into the playoffs while other teams are playing, getting momentum built up. Yeah, and football, all sports in general are just, 
you want to keep going. You don't like to be sitting around and, and just practicing. So now Linden, after they play tomorrow night, they're going to have a full week off and almost two weeks off before they hit somebody, a real right. opponent again. Yep. You know, it's going to be it's going to be up to the coaching staff to keep them mentally and physically sharp, you know, before that first playoff game. Linden got big offensive lineman Jacob Kettles back from injury last week. And according to Lions headman Blake Van Dalen, the squad is getting healthy as they head into the end of the regular season. That's the cool part is we are starting to get healthy. We had uh, multiple injuries really early on in the season. And just one by one, these kids have been able to uh, get cleared and come back. And so uh, I would say going into this week's game, we are as healthy as we've been since week one. And so uh, getting Jacob back was huge. Um, he's so dominant. Uh, Cooper Brown's close to coming back. And so um, we kind of have all the wheels turning and we're getting ready for the next part of the season. Vancouver College, a AAA squad out of the BC Secondary School Football Association. Also undefeated, they bring in a rather huge offensive line that reminded Coach Van Dalen of Archbishop Murphy. The Fighting Irish were impressive in a 40-14 road win over R.A. Long to open up the season. Linden beat another BC school in Lord Tweedsmere, 23-0, back on September 24th. And there you have it. That is your look at the week eight games. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. One more left to dissect our game of the week on the Doug Lang Network as we'll be in Deming Friday. Meridian at Mount Baker, first place on the line. We'll break it down next on the Cover 3 Podcast. Sports and activities allow you to show what skills you have, but sportsmanship shows the kind of character you have. Present yourself in a way that is respectful towards others and exemplifies honest character and good sportsmanship. Ethics, integrity, and respect are important values in our daily lives. On the playing field, these values are translated into a display of sportsmanship. Remember, sportsmanship, it's how you play the game. A message from the Northwest Conference and the Doug Lang Network. You can now listen to On the DLN on iTunes. Just search for the Doug Lang Network. Click and enjoy. Hallelujah! Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's on the Doug Lang Network at www.onthedln.com. It is also available to you on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio and on the TuneIn app. New podcasts each and every Thursday. An amendment to that, though, next week, week number nine, our show will drop 8 o'clock on Wednesday because of the early uh, games. Uh, at least right now, four teams all in the 1A of the Northwest Conference scheduled to play on Thursday because of the following week and the possible playoff permutation. So uh, we'll hope to have you listening a day earlier next week. Wednesday is when the podcast will drop at 8 o'clock. It is time for us to talk about our game of the week. The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week. It's the Meridian Trojans at the Mount Baker Mountaineers. Coverage begins at 6.45 p.m. at www.onthedln.com. Breakdown. 
It is time to break it all down here. Should be a good one. All eyes on Deming Friday night as Meridian and Mount Baker square off for the second time this year. Mountaineers beat the Trojans 41-23 weeks ago. This time, first place in the Northwest Conference 1A is on the line. What stands out to you about that 41-20 victory the first time these two teams matched up? Uh, it, it Turnover certainly played a role in it, but uh, it, I don't know that there was any one thing like, boy, if they just hadn't done this, or if that team, if Baker had, you know, had uh, hadn't had as much success in this area, just seemed like a quality victory for the Mountaineers. Yeah, when I think back to that game, the the first two things that really come to mind are Baker jumped out to a big lead. I think it was thirty-five nothing. Yep, and. Uh, you know that's hard to overcome at any point, but that and and Caleb Bass running the ball 18 times and scoring four touchdowns and running rushing for over 100 yards and the only time in his career, and so those two things really stand out. And uh, of course, both coaches are going to really flip the script. I think Meridian put up 326 rushing yards in beating Nooksack Valley 40 to 27 last week. Mount Baker survived a tough defensive-minded road game in beating Linden Christian 20 to 13. After the victory over the Pioneers, Meridian coach Bob Ames tipped his hat to Nooksack Valley. You know, this is Whatcom County football. We're all good football teams, and good football teams play that way. We were just lucky to, to get this one. Uh, it, you know, my hat's off to Rob, his, his staff, and his kids. I mean, they played their tails off, and on the same token, to our kids as well. On the other side, Mountaineers coach Ron Lepper called the victory over LC an old-fashioned football game. A lot of defense, uh, field positions, and plays were made on both sides. And then, um, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter there, we were able to force a, a punt out of them, and we took the ball over with just under seven minutes to go and, and on our 16, and then we were able to run the clock out. And, you know, as a former offensive lineman, you know, that's just, that's just, a, that's just what you kind of think of. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, we just made enough plays to keep the chains going and run the clock down and, and, and get out of there with a victory. Jeff, it, it, it always intrigues me, and it has all season long, talking about the rematches in the 1A because you're talking about great coaches, all four of them in the 1A ranks, and what you have to do to fool your opponent not once, but then a second time, because we can talk all about the first game, but it'll be completely different on both sides. Yeah, the both teams are they're gonna have completely different game plans for this second the second game against each other. And you know, usually a coach will make adjustments at halftime. And well, in this league, you've got to make adjustments a second game, not just yeah. at halftime. I mean, you've got to keep making the adjustments. Both these coaches are so good. They are so, so good, and they know so much that who knows what, what each of them is going to come out doing right, on right. Friday night. Well, and the other part of that, too, is is that you can't get, like like me, I'd want to change everything because that's because I'm not doing it as a head coach. But if you if you get into your head too much about, well, they've seen that, so we'll change this, and then we'll say, all of a sudden you're not doing what you, your strength is, and, and yet – you still have to change it up or you may end up getting the same result or whatever plays that you ran before now will be easily stopped by your opponent. It's going to be a great chess match coming up the second time around. Trojan lineman Adam Kruzich, he returned from injury last week. He'll get to play against the Mountaineers this time around. He told our own Tyler Anderson about getting back to the revamped offensive line. Well, everyone's played every position pretty much because we've had new lines pretty much every single week <laughs> right 
So yeah, we got a lot of experience through those weeks, so that's been allowing us to come out and just do good. Next week you guys have Mount Baker. It's always it's always a tough game. Uh, you guys got him twice last year. You lost him earlier this year. Um, I don't think you I don't think you played in that one. It'll be nice to probably play against those guys. It'll be at Deming. What do you expect when you play against a team like Mount Baker? A lot of bodies. They're big. <laughs> they like to push. They play old school. Yeah. They we just got to get prepared. Got to get ready for those big hits and game plan. That's all we got to do. Getting Kruzic back is huge. Uh, I mean, there was no giant surprise that that was the direction they were running offensively when we saw them last week. Yeah, and the last two years I've seen him at left tackle, right tackle, and he played left guard in that game. And I don't know if it was if he was to to kind of keep him in the middle, um, or if there was a strength, or maybe somebody was really stepping up at tackle. But uh, they ran off left guard a lot, and you know Dawson Logan picked up a lot of yards, and so did Cole Roberts. I mentioned my excitement about the strategy in this one. I asked Coach Lepper what it's like going up against Coach Ames. His kids love playing for him. Um, you know, they give everything they have, and and you know he's gonna he's gonna do some things a little bit differently. You know, and, and they're gonna you know maybe line up a little bit different, maybe have a different scheme, have some different plays off what they've seen before. So you know, once in a while you gotta say, okay, you got us, and then you, but you got you gotta be ready and, and to adjust to that. So it, it's a challenge, and you know he likes to downplay his team a lot. That's just how how he is. But you know they they compete hard for him. They certainly do. Should be a beautiful night out there. We'll have the broadcast 6.45 with the pregame, 7 o'clock the kickoff. After last week's victory, we asked Coach Ames about heading to Deming for the rematch against the Mountaineers. He answered, well, how do you'd expect? Uh, they pounded us last time. <laughs> They're probably going to pound us worse this time. <laughs> but we'll show up and play. There you go. Lou Holtz, everybody. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, after last, or buck that. So, final one, Coach Lepper, I asked him what the key is to Friday's matchup against, uh, for their matchup against Meridian. We got to keep the chains moving. Uh, we can't get behind the changes. That's a new kind of phrase I like to use, but we got to make sure we're getting positive plays and keep those things moving. And then both sides, you know, turnovers will play a, a role in there. We both had some turnovers that last game, which led to some some scores. So you just don't want to give opportunities away. You want to make them earn it. And if, and if they do that, and then we, you know, we play hard and they play hard, and we'll take whatever happens at the end of the game. Should be a good one. Mount Baker will wrap up the season at home next week against Nooksack Valley. The Trojans return to Laurel. They'll battle Linden Christian. But our game, we'll hope to see you out there. It should be a dandy Meridian at Mount Baker online at www.onthedln.com. It all begins at 6.45 p.m. with a 7 o'clock kickoff. All righty. We got to take one final break. We'll come back, give you our picks for the Dogs, the Cougs, and the Hawks, and the all-important pesky three questions. They're due up next on the Cover 3 Podcast. The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's Meridian at Mount Baker, Friday, October 19th. Coverage begins at 6.45 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com.
Ah, yes, it must be time for three questions as we put a wrap on the Cover 3 podcast, Episode 8. It is your way of learning a little bit more about your Cover 3 broadcast crew. I've got the questions and, of course, all the right answers. I'll throw them out here in a moment. We'll also get to our picks. There's no Seahawks game. I totally forgot, although I have them uh, given three points to BYE. I'm a little bit worried about uh, it. BYE is tough. There you go. They're really tough. All right, let's get to our three questions. Uh, pets, dog or cat or off the board and why? Tyler? Dog, for sure. I mean, I, I growing up, we had a lot of pets. We had parrots and cows and goats and horses. Cows and, and goats. Yeah, yeah, everything. Lived in an apartment? Right. Yeah. Okay. And, um, um, and uh you know, I got my I got my own first dog ten years ago, and got another one right after that. And I love dogs. Everyone who knows me knows I love dogs. Okay, I prefer good. I prefer them to people. Really easily. Wow, yeah. good to know. Yeah, Jeff. You know, as a male man, you're going to be surprised by Ooh. this answer. But uh, uh, dogs, dogs, yeah. Yeah. more dogs, no cats. Do cats come after mailmen? No, 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 no. no. Uh, cats don't care. Cats don't care. I don't like yeah. cats. They yeah. like steal your soul and stuff when they look at you. They, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, there's something about cats. I, I don't know what it is. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Not okay. a fan. You're not going off the board though. You'd rather have like a like an ocelot or something like that or some kind of. Uh, I would say python or no, yeah. no, no, yeah. dog for sure. Okay. Dog, dog. Yeah. Okay. All right. Does Brady get to weigh in? He wants a dog. Yeah. He wants How you guys my, feeling about him that? And my wife, they yeah. both want a dog. Well, I'm gonna fold. They'll yeah. get a dog. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, they're gonna be happy to hear this one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, for me, it is a dog hands down. Cats don't care. You can be gone for for 20 seconds. And you come back home, and your dog will treat you as if you've been away at war for t- 10 years. Well, yeah. that that's 140 seconds in dog time. I know. So. It's crazy. They have no concept of time. Cats couldn't care less. Cats are like, oh, you're back. Have you seen my butt? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't need to spend any time looking at uh, at uh, at the, what the the crispy crispy burrito from Taco Time, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. No, no cats. I'm hitting Taco Time on the way home. I'm just going. Thanks with a lot. No cats. Uh, all right. <clears throat> what is a hidden and largely useless talent that you possess? Hmm. There must be something, Tyler. You must have a hidden and largely useless talent that you possess. I have so many, it's ridiculous. Well, narrow it down to one. We only got so much oh, time. Got to get to taco time. Uh, <laughs> um, I can walk on my hands pretty easily. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Just have you always been able to do that, or was there a particular reason? Is that a job requirement at all? No, it just looked okay. like fun, so I started doing it as a kid. And and even though I'm more portly now, okay, it's, sure, uh, it's just a little bit more work to do it, but it's still pretty easy. Has it helped with the ladies? Of course. Really? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Can you go like a city block? Like if you and a young lady were out for a walk, could you say like, I'm going on my hands for a while? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe five years ago I could. I think if I worked at it, I could probably do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Jeff? Wow. Hidden uh, and largely useless talent that you possess. Useless. Yeah. I was going to say sense of direction but you have I, none or no, you, no it's actually, really good no i can actually go into a town first time never been there 
No, and after a day, I know everywhere I'm going. I don't really? know why, but no, that's actually a good one. Yeah. It's it doesn't fall into useless. That's right. actually too uh, handy. That will exactly. You're so a human a, compass. Yeah, I just yeah. don't know what it is. I go somewhere once and I I, I know where I'm going. I, I don't have know why, none of that. Yeah. None of that. I'm Same. constantly lost. Uh, I. Even in like a mall, like thank God my wife knows how to get out of the mall, <laughs> or I'd just be I'd just be stuck at Mrs. Fields Cookies, just circling, you know, like well, there's worse places to be stuck. True, there, true. But, yeah. I'd be in that ball pit with all the kids, just with my Mrs. Fields cookie. <laughs> my mom here. <laughs> Somebody pick me up. Uh, largely hidden and useless talent. Well, not hidden. I can make almost any phrase seem a little bit dirty. Like, 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 like uh, the old Continental Congress. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, you guys gonna head back and uh, you know the old xiphoid process? You know, just stuff like that. That for whatever reason, it, it trickle down economics. You say. See, you can if you just have enough of a lilt yeah. as a broadcaster, you can make almost anything dirty. Uh, it don't do that in mixed company. Sometimes don't no, do that at like no. Thanksgiving. Here, here's some funny things <laughs> I can do. Pass the olives or pass the olives. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, the movie you hate but everyone else loves. <sighs> Take a second, Tyler. You're up. Of course. <sighs> the movie. Is- the movie that I hate that everybody else loves. Yeah. Wow. That everybody's like, oh, you haven't seen it, or you should see this. Oh, I love that one. You, you know love what? every movie. No. No. Okay. Um. Oh man, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Wow. It it did it did really well. Yeah. I just. I mean, I'm, not, I, I'm with I mean, you. I love Star Wars, but I don't love anything else that's kind of like that. Yeah. And uh, I think that. And I've tried. I'm just. I feel like I'm not smart enough to understand what's going on. And they all speak weird. And and uh, you know, there's people shorter than me. And or and or maybe it's I just that Middle Earth is boring. And I just yeah. I just fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's. I I'm right there with you, Jeff. So a movie that I think is boring, or a movie that you hate but everybody else loves. Everybody's like, oh, you got to see it. Or did you? Oh, I love that one. And you're like, no. Man, you guys are way too Harry forgiving. Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. I don't get it. I, well, I, I don't understand the infatuation with a teenage wizard. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he wasn't even teenage. He was like, you know, like nine or something yeah, when it see, started. That's how much I know about. Yeah. I, I just don't understand. Everyone's like, oh, Harry Potter's the greatest. My sister-in-law, oh, Harry Potter book. Yeah. Read of it. Yeah. No, I got no use for Harry Play, Potter. Playing a made-up sport. Yeah. yeah. No, thank yeah. you. Quidditch no. or whatever I, yeah. he plays. I, yeah, uh, you kind of know. Maybe you've read a little. Yeah, well, just I mean, saying. It happens people, you're around them, and you, they're talking about it all the time. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, it's it, it's a kid's book. It, it would exactly. be like being really excited about the Hardy Boys. Like, just yes. being so excited. You're like, dude, have you read What Happened at Midnight? <laughs> Hunting for Hidden Gold? God, they're going to make another movie out of it. No. Only if Nancy Drew comes back. Uh, all right. Uh, finally, uh, for me, movie you hate, but everybody else loves. I have a, I have a zillion of them. Uh, Titanic. Never have seen Titanic. Won't see Titanic. Don't tell me how it ends. Okay? Okay, don't don't ruin it. And don't tell me it's a love story. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's about an icebreaker that couldn't break ice. Terrible. Yeah, people die. I mean, uh, what's romantic uh, about that? My wa- it drives my wife crazy that I won't see, uh, what's the uh, uh, Patrick Swayze dancing, uh, what's the? Dirty, dirty, dirty dancing. dancing. Yeah. 
Never seen it, won't see it, only because every time on any uh, uh, previews, like an HBO or whatever, all I just see is that scene where it's like, hey, lover boy. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, that, that's ruined me. I won't see it. Uh, it drives her crazy. She loves watching it. I, I won't do it. Uh, a Princess Bride. Everybody loves Princess Bride and quotes it constantly. It's like, yeah, okay, it was all right, but it wasn't great. Just stop it. It wasn't great. Just stop it. And uh, what's the one where uh, parent, or not parenthood, um, with uh, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, uh, they're all grown-ups. Grown-ups. Not only they make one, they made two. Okay, I got it through uh, whatever the red box. I paid a dollar. I paid a dollar for the first one. I won my dollar back. I was that <laughs> ticked off. It was that horrible. It was horrible. All movies should just be Fletch, and let's just call it good. There you go. All righty. Hopefully, you know a little bit more about us with our three questions, and that means it is time for what? That's the Cover Three Podcast Two Minute Warning. That's here right on the Doug Lang Network. Two minute warning time for us to get on out of here. Let's do it with some picks. Just two Seahawks with a bye this week. University of Washington plays host to Colorado. A 12.30 kickoff time already. I like this game. Thank you for the 12.30 start. Jeff? Uh, UW. Yep. UW bounces back big. Colorado is a, uh, they were ranked, but I think they're soft. Yeah, they haven't played anybody yet. Tyler? Yeah, Huskies, like like Jeff said, bounces back. They're going to be ornery in this game. Oh, still ticked off. Still seeing those those highlighter pens running through the Huskies last week. And game days in Pullman, Oregon at Wazoo at 4.30. Who you got, Jeff? You know, this is, the, according to Cougar fans, the biggest thing that's ever happened to Pullman. Well, it is It's going to be a lot of people disappointed Saturday night. Wow. Yeah, the Ducks are going to beat them. Wow. Bigger than when Princess Bride came to Pullman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Anybody have a peanut? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, who you got? Uh, the Ducks. Yeah, they're just going to keep that momentum rolling, I think. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cannot doubt the stash. The stash will win. Wazoo and everybody, for the first time ever, everybody gets drunk in Pullman celebrating. Yeah, first time ever. Yeah. As a Husky fan, I hope that's true. There you go. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. Hopefully you enjoyed Episode 8 of the Cover 3 Podcast. We'll see you Friday. We'll be in Deming. Should be a good one. Meridian taking on Mount Baker, 645 with a pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff at www.onthedln.com. The Doug Lang Network. We'll talk to you again next time on the Cover 3 Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cover 3 Podcast. Download and listen each week on iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, and online at OnTheDLN.com. Whatcom County Prep football fans, we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.